you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, we're doing something different. I just got to say, right out, I'm Miki. <laughs> and I I'm think Will. people know that I'm Miki, okay? <laughs> um, but we're doing something different, and, and different, like new technology always makes me nervous. So, so because we've got our friend on with us today, Paul Hastings, yes. and uh, we are premiering season six of Compelled. And I'm super excited about that. Like it's an exclusive extended preview of season six for the compelled podcast. And I'm, I'm, I'm just so excited. Right. But we're, we're doing something where I have been, um, trusted, expected to know how to navigate technology. (laughs) Our brother, Jeff, um, J Mac has sent me two links. Now I navigate one link. Okay. But I have two links here Uh and I just am trying to make sure that um that everything is working and i i think we have paul on but he's saying he's here but he doesn't hear anything so i can see him i think he can see me <laughs> yes he can see me mm-hmm. and i just i'm trying to make sure that all of this works out you know this is this is the technological age that we live in right We're like we had this incredible <laughs> this incredible technology yeah. that uh that if we can navigate it right uh then then it's it's superb but if not then it's, <laughs> then it's not superb so maybe the technology is superb but the people aren't oh maybe the, <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm just kidding i that's a joke and i was joking um anyway <laughs> we we are excited to premiere season six of compelled and as soon as we get paul on mm-hmm. he will join us as part of this conversation but we premiered season five last year and it was, man, what a joy and yeah. what an honor it was to to be a part of that, to introduce uh, our listeners to something that we enjoy as a family, something right. that we listen to that has aided us in having uh, important conversations with our kids and talking about, you know, what's in the world and the battles that we face as believers, but also being able to um, triumphantly declare that the Lord Jesus Christ rules and reigns and Mm. that he intervenes in the affairs of men and that he creates for us. Oh my goodness. He creates for us these incredible, as we will hear today, compelling testimonies Mm. for his glory. They turn out uh, to the praise of his glory and, and he is exalted. And so we have an opportunity to do that uh, today. And I don't know, you guys will just let me know. Yeah. We'll let you know when we have Paul. I see Jeff working hard back there. Okay, no problem. No. <laughs> it's all good. All right, so just to give our listeners just some background, I would direct them to Compelled Podcast. They can go to Compelled.com, Compelled.com, to learn more about not only this immersive story, this gripping storytelling, but they can catch up. So if you're listening for the first time and uh, you are learning about Compelled and you hadn't had an opportunity to um, to listen to any of the stories, Oh, man, I cannot recommend enough that you go and check them out. So you can go back into the archives. You can go back to 2019 and you can actually just binge listen. I don't know. I don't want to make that like a thing, (laughs) but you could you could if you have a long trip coming up, 
this would be the opportunity for you to just go back and binge listen to some of these compelling stories, stories of people coming out of addiction, story of uh, the Lord intervening in miraculous ways. And and the thing that makes it immersive is that you've got these incredible sound effects that kind of bring you into the story. Like you actually feel the intensity of what is being described there. And then when you see the Lord come through on the other side, mm. um, oh, my goodness, it, it's almost as it's if compelling. It is compelling. Oh, okay, okay. It is no, it definitely is compelling. <laughs> um, but it's like it's almost as if you are kind of reliving that moment with yeah. the person who is who is testifying. Yeah. Um, about what the Lord has done, and as I was preparing for this and just kind of thinking through some of the things that I wanted to talk to uh, talk to our brother Paul about today, mm. I was thinking about the scripture that's found in uh, the Revelation that was given to to John mm-hmm. in Revelation chapter twelve. Um, I'll, I'll start at verse 10, but verse 11 is what I wanted to look at. Um, verse 10 says, then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down. He who Mm -hmm. accuses them before our God day and night. And verse 11 says this, and they overcame him because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimony. And they did not love their life even when faced with death. And I was just thinking about um, some of the stories that over the seasons that we've been blessed to be able to listen to compel podcast. uh, Some of those stories are, they are a testimony that just really point to the power of the gospel. I think sometimes we have this very um, uh, anemic response to the power of the gospel. We Mm. know that the gospel is powerful, but when you listen to these, um, these testimonies and you look at how because of their their commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord maintains his commitment to them. The Lord maintains his faithfulness to them. And in that, in the communication of all of that, we are strengthened. We mm. are encouraged as fellow believers that the Lord is still doing the miraculous. Amen. Amen. Right. Like He is still doing the miraculous. He is still intervening in the affairs of men Amen. and he is glorifying himself in the earth. And I just say this, you know, we know from experience, if you're a believer, you know, hearing testimonies and what that does for your faith personally, you know, it's an encouragement uh, uh, to, to keep on going. You understand that other people are uh, going through different situations, but God is powerful and mm-hmm. he has, you know, uh, brought them out, you know, to the other side and, and, those like that's what this show is, you know, and, and it's a bunch of just testimonies of the goodness of God, his power, uh, even during some hard, hard times, some struggles, you know, how he was able to get uh, these individuals out. So I think it just resonate with with everyone because we all have a testimony. You know, yeah. we all have something that we can look back on and say, man, the Lord really showed up uh, in this time of struggle and and brought me out. And when you hear that, it's an encouragement to you as well that God is still able and willing and able uh, to do the same thing. Yeah, you know some of the some of the stories that I, I kind of wanted to talk through with Paul. I'm look, I'm lamenting here. Okay, I don't, <laughs> I can, I can do well to a certain extent, but I'm lamenting that we really were looking forward to talking with our brother. And I think I know that we're working on it, mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to get him on here shortly. <clears throat> Excuse me, but some of the stories I was looking at. Um, and just because as you're listening to it in real time, as you're going through, uh, you kind of forget, oh yeah, that's right. There was a story. Our sister, Laura Perry yes, and her mom were on an episode of compelled back in 2020, uh, in 2019, there was an episode about, uh, a woman being kidnapped and her learning to forgive her kidnappers. 
um, my goodness, just man. just incredible stories, right? And then yeah. there's another story of um, a man who was sentenced to 500 years in prison. <clears throat> 500 years in prison and the Lord miraculously releasing him from prison. But woven into all of this is the sovereignty of God, how God superintends our life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about, again, in preparation for what we're doing is how when just making grocery store runs, how, you know, J.D. will say, hey, can we listen to an episode of Compelled? And it doesn't matter how much time we have in the car. Mm. Uh, he says we can just at least get started and then I pick up the next may, time we're in the we car. We have him on guest one on the line. Okay. Paul, are you Paul there? can you hear us? Yes, I hear you guys. Okay. okay listen. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, season six premiere. <laughs> yes. That's we, right. We, we, <laughs> we won't be able to say that it went off without a hitch, but it did uh, go off, right? So here we go. Uh, Paul, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate you. We consider you a friend of our family, and we're excited about what the Lord is doing through this ministry that is the Compelled uh, Podcast. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks for asking. I'm excited to be here, guys. Yeah, awesome. this is great. This is absolutely great. Okay, so we are season six. And I, I know we're going to kind of set it up as we head toward the break because the duration of the program is going to be this extended preview. But before we get into that, I want to take a look back. So for some of our listeners who may be listening for the first time and they are unfamiliar with what um, the Lord has enabled you to do through this incredible uh, podcast, kind of give our listeners an overview and take them on a walk down memory lane, how you began this and how the Lord has sustained it. Sure, sure. So five years ago, I was at a really kind of a, uh, a dark spot in my career path. I had worked in Texas politics for about 10 years at that point, and I was just really, really burned out. And my wife and I began praying, asking God, were there other things that we could do besides politics mm-hmm. in order to have an impact on the kingdom? And don't get me wrong, like politics is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are people who are called to that, but I felt that my time had wrapped, in the, in, uh, wrapped up there. It was no longer healthy for me to be in that space. So we began praying, and ultimately we thought like, hey, um, we knew all of these people that were just personal friends of ours that we had known in high school that just had really amazing testimonies of how Jesus had transformed their lives. Uh, one of them that just comes to my mind right now is a lady named Carol Everett, and back in the 1970s, she owned three different abortion clinics, mm. and she had done 30,000 abortions, but at the same time, she thought she was a Christian, and she tithed 10% of every dollar that she made oh back goodness. to her local church. She kept a Bible in her desk, and every morning she'd wake up and she'd pray saying, Dear Jesus, please don't let any women die in my clinic today. And obviously she was just completely lost to her sin and just drowning in it. And, uh, but, but then, you know, there was this radical transformation. And today, you know, she's like 75 years old. She's a staunch pro-life advocate, wonderful woman. And that was just one of the types of stories that we had just known growing up. And I was like, wow, it'd be great to just share some of these stories because unless you knew her, you would have no idea about her story at all. So, um, so that's what we started doing about five years ago. And that's what we've been continuing to do now. Paul, do you ever get used to, because one of the things that really strikes me about the Compelled podcast is, um, and and I want to be careful in how I describe this, I think that you will understand what I mean, because it is something very supernatural for the human heart to be converted, for us to come to the end of ourselves and to see that we need a savior. Mm. In addition to this, though, one of the things that I feel like overwhelmingly characterizes the Compelled podcast is this supernatural external work. So there's this work that happens in the human heart that I, I want to make sure that we give it the full weight that it deserves. In addition to that, 
there are these stories that you uncover and you I, I feel like you help facilitate the telling of these stories in ways that are not um, they're not sensational. They're just as matter of fact as you can possibly get. Do you just get used to that external supernatural element? And I don't know if that's the best way to describe it, but I think you understand what I'm asking. Yeah, no, actually, it's it's crazy. I've been doing this for the last five years, and definitely, you know, like you'll hear like certain patterns or themes. But really, I mean, it's very common for me to still sit down in an interview, and I'll hear someone else share their story brand new, and I'll I will weep with them actually, wow. uh, because it's just so beautiful. And think about it yourselves, right? Like, you know, you guys are uh, y'all have been Christians for many decades at this point, and but sure. think about every time you hear someone share their testimony, and you're right. just like really struck by that. And you've been a Christian for years, also, right? And you've heard yeah. really amazing testimonies over the years. But I think it's like God has hardwired our hearts to be receptive to stories. Yeah, uh, that's how the Bible starts out. It starts in the beginning. Like that's how that's the story right. starts, right? And our hearts are hardwired to hear these stories of transformation, mm. which celebrate who Jesus is. As you look back over the last five years now, I'm not I don't want to be in a place where I'm asking you to pick your favorite child, which, by the way, you and your (laughs) wife, you guys have four kids now. That's right. Just had baby number four. Okay, so you you, I'm not asking you to pick your favorite kid, but I, I am curious about this, Paul. As you look back over the last five years, you've had some incredible testimonies some incredible displays of the miraculous, right? That the Lord Mm. works even outside of us to accomplish his plan, right? That the will of God um, will, will be carried out. Do you have any that are like, okay, if I could go back to this one and just restate it, are there some that kind of grip you in a way that? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Can you share it? Again, I can't choose. It's just like choosing a favorite child. I'm not going to do that, but I will say there's one story (laughs) as we're talking, just comes to my mind. And it's a story about a lady named Hannah Overton. And for those that are online and can see the, the video clip here, I'm holding up a little card for Hannah oh, Overton. Yes. She's episode number 16. And Hannah, she was just a regular mom with five little children. She and her husband were in the process of adopting a sixth uh, when their sixth child that they were adopting died, unfortunately. And Hannah was falsely accused of murder and then sentenced to life in prison. The Lord transformed her heart in prison, and it's a beautiful testimony of what the Lord can do. Oh, man, I remember that episode. That is an incredible episode. I remember being in the car, listening to that with our kids, and I remember all of us just kind of holding our breath at different points. Just an incredible testimony of the miraculous. All right, we are going to grab this break. I want our listeners to stay right here because on the other side of the break, we will come back with the premiere episode of season six. This is a compelled podcast and exclusive on American Family Radio and on this program, Aaron the Addison. So make sure you don't go anywhere. We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hey, this is Paul Hastings, and you're listening to a special edition of Compelled Podcast on airing the Addisons on American Family Radio. Compelled uses gripping, immersive storytelling to celebrate the powerful ways God is transforming the lives of Christians around the world. We want to remind listeners that Christianity isn't a hobby. It's a faith in Jesus Christ that compels us to live for Him. And the testimonies you'll hear on Compelled are examples of that compelling motivation. You're about to hear an exclusive extended preview of our season six premiere episode, which comes out next Monday. Our guest today is John Barros, who has suffered through cancer, brain aneurysm, spine surgery, a stroke, chronic pain, and more. In the world's eyes, he would have been considered a broken man. 
And yet God has used John to save countless unborn lives from abortion. How? Well, there's only one way to find out. This story is raw, true, and powerful. Gather around, lean in, and join us for another compelling story from the kingdom of God. I sat down with John at his apartment in Orlando, Florida, just a few months ago in February. The weather outside was stormy and lightning was striking all around us. And to be honest, the outside environment resembled John's childhood. My grandfather was a missionary in Brazil. They went on furlough one time. They went to Toronto. And my dad met my mom. I didn't know this, how how this came about until... 50 some years later but my dad and my mom you know got together and next thing you know she's pregnant and uh back then you know it wasn't you just went and had an abortion not in 54 anyway i ended up being turned over to my dad's aunt for the first four years of my life so i never really bonded with them like like you do with your kids or like I did with my kids. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a strange thing. I mean, you kind of feel like you don't belong, you know, growing up. Did you, as a kid, did you believe that God was real? Yeah, it was kind of like, you know, believe that God was real in the weird sense of uh, when you see the clouds or there has to be something behind this or every year, uh, my dad would take us to Yosemite National Park. And it's so beautiful. And you you would just have to know that there was something else. But as far as the gospel, as far as knowing why Jesus had to come, why he, what penalties he had to pay and all of that kind of stuff, no, I had no clue. Those feelings of insecurity at home led to John being a pretty difficult child. He had a lot of anger and was always fighting and getting into trouble. And by the age of 15, he had left his parents and struck out on his own in Southern California. This was during the early 1970s at the pinnacle of the hippie movement. And by the time John was 21, he found himself mixed up in a world of dealing drugs, petty theft, and other illegal activities. Eventually, he was caught and given an ultimatum by the authorities, either go to jail or join the military. So, you know, I'm not stupid. So I, I went and I joined the Navy. And then the big problem with the, the Navy, if you go somewhere to try and start over, try to get something, the problem is you bring you with you. You know, I'm, I'm no different than I was when I left. So I get in trouble in the, in, in the Navy and I was a brawler and all of that kind of stuff. And I ended up uh, punching an officer and you don't, do that. I mean, you're going to spend time in the brig. So I ended up in the brig in Long Beach, California, and I was there 30 days on bread and water. And while I was in there, I they gave you two books to, that you could read. One was the Blue Jackets Manual, which is a, how to be a better sailor. And uh, I didn't want to read that. And there was a Bible there. And I started to read that. Uh, I just came to my end during that time because I was, you know, all alone, just all alone with me, and, and I didn't like it. I didn't like me. I didn't like anything. And I um, I asked God, I prayed that day. I said, uh, God, if, you, if you're real, show me. Show me that you're real and, uh, and save me. And, of course, 
you know, I would read my Bible and every word in it would just convict me. I, I hear people all the time talking about how they read their Bibles and all this beautiful stuff they saw. I didn't see any of that. I just saw, um, I just saw condemnation, really. Do you remember what part of the Bible that you were reading at the time? It was Romans probably that really got me. It was anywhere. I mean, I even tried to find something in the Psalms. You know, the chaplain there told me to read the Psalms, and I, I just couldn't see. I couldn't understand any of it. I was unregenerate. I was, you know, it just none of it made any sense to me. So I just put it down. God never showed himself to me to be real or anything. So I ended up doing my time, and then I had three days before I had to catch a plane to Yakuska, Japan, to get back with my ship. And so I went down to my father's gasoline station on uh, Beach Boulevard in Huntington Beach. I mean, it was, you know, just a little ways away from the thing. And so I went down, I called my brother, called my friends and said, let's go do something, you know, let's, I got a few days to kill and all that. And so they all came down to my dad's service station and I was standing out back. We were standing on the back of the place and we were talking, trying to figure out what to do. What what kind of thing would y'all normally have done if you were going to get together? Go drinking and carrying on, you know, and, uh, All of a sudden, um, there's this, like, traffic jam, people honking and everything in the middle of Beach Boulevard, and some guy had broken down out there. So we looked, and we we decided to go push him into the station to help him, you know. So we run out there. We start to push him in, and I'm noticing on his, he had an old pickup truck. I think it was a Ford. He had painted with a paintbrush, Jesus lives Jesus loves you and all this stuff all over the side of his truck, the back of his truck, the hood of his truck, everything. And it was just how things were then. Like like you were saying earlier, the hippie kind of movement time. So we push him into the station and he jumps out of his, he was a surfer guy, he jumps out of his truck and says, praise God, there must be somebody here he wants me to talk to. And uh, he had uh, waist length blonde hair and he was your typical what you would think of a surfer uh, back in the day <laughs> so he starts to preach he, and, and literally had you responded and say like no there's no one here to time you no I mean we just my dad fixed his truck there was just I think a wire was broken or something but this guy stood there and we're all leaning against the side of my dad's gas station and this guy just starts sharing the gospel with us and something happened that was so strange i mean none of us even moved an inch i mean it was like we were frozen in time i don't know how to explain it and it was my brother my best friend and a few other friends we're all just standing there and didn't say a word usually like when i was growing up when i was in high school and stuff you know i'd make fun of those guys you know but this time uh, we were just standing there, and after he was done sharing the gospel, he said, thank you guys. He said, he thanked my dad for fixing his truck, and um, he says, I, I hope to see you one day, and uh, he jumps in his truck, and he takes off, and we're standing there, and somebody said, what do we do now? 
And I said, I don't know, I guess we do what everybody in Southern California then did. And that was, you go to Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. And Chuck Smith was the pastor there. You know, there were thousands of uh, people our age going to that church. The church was open literally 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There was always something going on there. I think it probably still like that today. And even at night, I think it's at 11 o'clock or 10 o'clock, people pray all night there. They go in there and there's a prayer room and they pray. I mean, it's always open. It's always open. But anyway, we went there and of all nights, we went there, it was a married couples class. And there was hundreds of married couples in there. And we just slid in the back row and we're trying to figure out what's going on. And you know, the guy was very perceptive. Uh, at the end, he said, you know, there's something different here tonight. And he, he said, if any of you uh, would like to know more about uh, Jesus and having him be the Lord of your life, he said, I encourage you to come down afterwards. And uh, so they closed up. We went down and they uh, shared the gospel with us again. That's how I was saved. I'll never forget it as long as I live. I, I know everybody's day that they're saved is very special to them. And, and this one was very special to me. Yeah. What about your brother and your other friends? Did they make professions that night Oh, too? yeah. One of them just died, Bob, but he was a, a believer till the end. Um, my best friend, Dennis, was uh, uh, is still a believer, lives up in uh, Oregon, I believe. and. Uh, and my brother is absolutely a, a believer, all of us on that same day. That was September 1975 when John was just 21. John left the Navy as soon as he could and started working in construction. But even after John gave his life to the Lord, things were not perfect. In fact, far from it. The next 25 years went by and there was still a lot of sin and baggage that had to be dealt with. But even amidst John's own failings and trials, God was going to prepare him for the work he was calling him to. I committed my life to Christ, but I had a, it was a, it was, it was tough. He held on to me, you know, he brought me through a lot of stuff, a lot of sin, a lot of everything. I ended up falling into sin, terrible. I um, ended up having an affair with somebody ended up getting excommunicated and I believe in excommunication, but I got ended up getting excommunicated and, and then years later, um, or it wasn't that long later, but the Lord, uh, opened my eyes and called me back to him and he hung on to me. He hangs on to me today and I'm just the most thankful guy ever. I did not walk a perfect life. I still don't walk a perfect life. I don't know anybody that does. But my goal is to become more and more like him. My goal is to please him. And uh, I'm just so thankful for what he's done for me. And then I ended up moving to Florida from uh, California. I came out here because I came out to visit uh, Al Moyni and John Frankman come out here to start a seminary with R.C. Sproul at uh, the Orlando area. Uh, moved out here. I loved it. My pastor won't. We moved here, a wonderful man, Pastor Jim Fitzgerald. He would ask me, he kept asking me, John, you want to go to the abortion clinic with me on Saturday? And I said, what? What would I want to go there for? 
And he'd say, come on. You know, he's an Irish guy. <laughs> come on. I'd say, no, 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 no. I'm not going down there. There's no way. And uh, finally, I'd like to think it was some spiritual way of doing things. But he said to me, he said, John, come on, let's go. I'll take you out for a cigar afterwards. I said, let's go. <laughs> so I went down to the abortion clinic. And oh, my goodness, did I hate it. I hated being there. It was just so awful. You could just literally feel the oppression there. It was so, so heavy. Now, in case you didn't follow, John was standing outside a specific abortion clinic in Orlando, Florida, which is responsible for many of the city's abortions. He and other volunteers would stand on the public sidewalk trying to speak to women who were entering the abortion clinic and dissuade them from killing their babies. Obviously, the presence of John and his friends was not welcomed by the abortion clinic staff or their allies, which could lead to some pretty heated conversations. But John and his friends were earnest in their desire to save these precious lives. There was a lady named Patty Smith there and a lady named Allura Lightfoot. They were so nice, and I could see the passion in them and the willingness to serve under some pretty hard uh, conditions and so something kept pulling me back there uh, I would go back and I would go back on Saturdays and whenever I could because I was working then something happened I ended up getting uh, cancer and the doctor this was so weird all in one day I mean they discovered it and then the doctor told me you better get your affairs in order I said what are you talking about he says you better get your affairs in order. He says, you have this massive tumor. It was bladder cancer, but 95% of my bladder was a tumor. And the cancer that you get in bladder cancer is like the strongest there is. Believe it or not, if it stays in your bladder, it's okay. But if it gets out, it's death. I really thought, what? So they started this experimental uh, chemo that they had and my doctor did four different surgeries uh, to get it out and then after a couple years of uh, keep going through all this stuff then it was finally gone it would come back it would keep coming back but not for the last few years that has not come back praise god i mean i'm so thankful that then after that i got a a brain aneurysm in the It's called the communication artery in your brain. It's a small, small artery, but it was starting to leak. I had to get a major surgery. They core drilled a three-inch hole in my forehead, and they went in, and uh, like my surgeon said, we smushed your brains over to the side of your head to get down in there. He said, there's no other way to tell you how we do it. But I even asked my neurologist, I said, how did he do that? We have no idea. He's a genius, whoever did because it was such a bad area, such a hard area. But then I ended up having another one, and my brains were scrambled. I didn't even know who I was. I didn't know anything for months and months. You had a second aneurysm. Yeah. And I would walk, I mean, I would literally walk into neighbors' houses thinking I'm at home, and I'd sit down on their couch and and uh i mean that's how bad it was i mean i just i really didn't know who i was i was afraid of the outside world i didn't i mean it went on for a long long time by this point john was 54 
after two years of chemotherapy and cancer surgeries, followed by two back-to-back brain aneurysms, John was in pretty bad shape, physically and mentally. He could barely take care of himself, let alone care for others, and yet a broken vessel like John is exactly who God was planning to use, which you'll hear about right after the break. Welcome back to this special edition of Compelled Podcast on airing the Addisons on American Family Radio. This is an exclusive extended preview of our season six premiere episode, which officially releases next Monday. Earlier, we heard John Barros describe how he and his friends were saved through the witness of a random California surfer who told them about Jesus. Then 25 years later, after several ups and downs, John was now living in Orlando, Florida. He had barely survived bladder cancer and then almost immediately suffered not one, but two brain aneurysms back to back. John's cognitive function was so impaired that at times he could not even remember who he was. These were some very dark days for John, but even when he could not remember himself, God still did. One day in 2008, as his brain began to slowly heal, John felt a seemingly random nudge to head back to a familiar place. I got in my truck and I thought, I'm going to go down to that abortion clinic because I've seen God work there and I want to go out and pray there. And I thought, you know, looking back later, I thought he can hear me just as well on my couch. You know, I don't, I don't know why I went down there, but I went down there. And, and you were going to go there for to ask for healing for yourself. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like pray for other people. There, no, no, it? no. I just wanted to go and uh, and pray there. So I went there. It, it was slow or whatever. I don't know what was happening. And I was just sitting there and I was just praying, Lord, and I couldn't really even come up with a prayer and this young black girl uh she walks around me and is heading into the abortion clinic and i said wait 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 i said can i talk to you a minute miss and she stopped and looked back and said yeah and she came over and sat down on the wall next to me and we talked for an hour hour and a half there's no way i can tell you what we said i have no way of remembering it. I didn't remember it when she left. I mean, it was just because I wasn't with all my wits, you know. I talked to her and talked to her, and she began to cry, and then she stood up. I was still sitting, and she bent over, and I could still feel her tears as she kissed me on the cheek. The tears from her cheek came down onto my cheek. I'm just going, what is this? And she goes, I want to thank you. She says, I'm not going to do this. I said, what, really? And and she goes, yeah. And she just turns around and walks away. And when she walked away, something happened that I don't even believe in. I mean, I, I don't know how to explain it. I did not hear any voices. I didn't hear anything. But I felt this warmth come over me, just like encapsulate me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. And I just said, Lord, if this is what you want me to do, take care of my family. And he's done it. God has just done the most incredible things for me. I mean, I've never asked for a dime. And different people every month have taken care of all these years. He lays it on their heart. He's the one that does it. I don't have some campaign to raise money or or whatever. He always provides. He always provides for everyone. 
that um, that we minister to. I haven't paid for a car in 20 years. I, I don't know how to explain it to you. That's what I thought when I was there that day was, Lord, if this is what you want me to do, take care of my family. And I've been there all these years. God has just done the most amazing things that you could ever imagine. In the midst of John's darkest days, God brought a ray of hope back into his life. From that moment forward, John has pursued every opportunity to minister to mothers and their unborn children outside that very same abortion clinic. And for the past 15 years, John has been at that same clinic every single day, every single hour that they're open for business, winter, summer, rain or shine, John is there. And over the last 15 years, John has witnessed God's grace at work countless times. And some of the stories he shared with me are nothing short of miraculous. Let me tell you about Jade, because this is beautiful. So it would have been probably about eight months ago or so. It was last year. But they were all lined up, like I told you, out in front of the abortion clinic. And so I'm preaching, and this girl is, uh, I can still see her there standing. She's like the third from the end. And I'm preaching, and I look, and her eyes, she just starts bawling. And she walks, gets out of the line and walks over to me. And I thought, what is she doing? (laughs) What is she going to do? And she walked over to me and said, do you really think that God would send me to hell? And I said, well, yes. (laughs) I said, but it doesn't have to be that way. I said, I can talk to you about this. So I go over to the wall she came over with me and we sat there for a couple of hours, went through the gospel with her. I explained to her that she's not going to go to hell because of her abortion. She's going to go to hell because she has Adam's sin. Everybody is on the road to hell at conception. King David talks about it in Psalm 51 when he says, in sin did my mother conceive me. Doesn't mean his mom was a whore. It means at conception, he was given Adam's sin. And what does he blame on that? He blames his adultery with Bathsheba, blames the murder of her husband Uriah and all his men on. It's the fact that at conception he was given Adam's sin. That's how far back I take it when I take it through the gospel. And I talk about how God's not sitting up there figuring out, you're going to go to heaven, you're going to go to hell. Everybody's on the way to hell. Jesus in John three seventeen said, I have not come into the world to condemn the world. The world is condemned already. Everybody's condemned. Everybody's on a river going straight to hell. So I went through all this with her, and she committed her life to Christ. She chose life, and this is beautiful. Mm. We had a wonderful baby shower for her. It was so beautiful. And then God redeemed her and her boyfriend, redeemed her and her mother. Then her mother came down like months later with Jade, and she asked me, John, could you show me where Jade was when God spoke to her? And I said, yeah, right there by that bush. And her mom just stood there weeping and thanking God for saving her daughter and granddaughter. It's so beautiful. So beautiful. That is beautiful. It is, man. That is beautiful, man. The baby's name's Sage. Wow. Yeah. Jade and Sage. So beautiful. Now, you know, I'm going to tell you this. Every baby that's saved, that God saves, is a miracle. Every single one of them. 
but some of them to us look more miraculous than others. But to him, that's there's nothing more miraculous. I mean, whatever he does, he does, and that's the way it's going to be. But there was a, a, a guy that was driving down the street that I'm on. I was out there preaching, and all of a sudden, I hear behind me this guy just screaming in, in his car in Spanish, and I never stop. I don't stop preaching because... You know, you're going to get people all day long screaming at you from the street. But then all of a sudden, this uh, lady named Yoli was there, and she says, John. And I said, what? She goes, you got to come here. I said, I can't. I'm preaching. There's no way I can't, Yoli. You know. She goes, no, you have to come this time. And I turn around, and I look, and here's this guy crying. And so I said, what's up? What's going on, Yoli? And she goes, John, he says that he was in here with his wife. She said, you need to come and say hi or something. So I walked over there, and the guy's fumbling with his phone. And because this gets really weird, this guy's fumbling with his phone. And then you're all tech savvy. I don't know what it is. But next thing I know, here's his wife on the screen of his phone talking in Spanish. She's got this little baby in her arms, and she's bouncing him up and down and all this. And I said, Yoli, what is going on? Because it was so weird. And she's crying. She's got tears pouring down her face. And Yoli says, John, they said they were in there and you were preaching and God opened their eyes and they chose life. And they just want to say thank you for... I said, okay. And I go, all right, guys. I said, why don't you come to St. Andrews on Sunday and we'll go out to lunch or something. So Yoli told him that and then I said, it's good to see you guys. And I waved at his wife. And and then I, I go back to preach. And then Yoli's back there talking to him. And then the car starts to take off. And I had this weird feeling. And I said, Yoli, stop that guy. And she goes, why? I go, just stop him. So she hollered and he stopped. I walked back over to his car and I said, Yoli, ask him, what did he hear? I said, they don't speak English. And he said that they heard everything I said in their own language. It was, I still to this day, I, 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 and it's happened like three times. And again, yeah, is that me saving a baby? No. You can't, who, who, can, who can make claim to this stuff? Do you, do you speak Spanish? No. See, it's not me. I can't do that. Mm. Who can do that? I see people try to claim that they're saving babies, but I would never. Man, my goodness. Okay, welcome back. This is Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. (laughs) My goodness. There's so much in that particular testimony. Paul Hastings is our guest, and um, we are talking about his incredible podcast, The Compelled Podcast. Um, Listen. (laughs) Okay, so one of my favorite parts here was when our brother says, and I don't even necessarily believe in this. Like he goes, he goes, <laughs> I, I don't even, I don't have like a, a doctrine that allows for this. Right. But this is what happened. Paul, mm. I'm, I'm just wondering coming out of listening to that and you experienced it, you traveled to Florida, you, you had this interview. Um, when you hear that again, are you just sort of like captured all over again by the miraculous work of God to intervene in the affairs of men? 
Yeah, uh, I really, in fact, uh, no joke, I'm actually starting to tear up right here in my, my left eye, actually. <laughs> uh, it's just such a beautiful story. And, like, John is the least likely guy you would have ever thought to be doing something like this. I mean, that guy is just so beat up and has been through so much. And, it, I mean, he, he doesn't mention this, but actually three years ago he had a stroke. Mm. Um, and he's still outside the abortion clinic every single day, even after a stroke and the wow. aneurysms and get cancer. And he got hit by a car. Wow. Uh, I, you know, so it's just crazy. And it's just because he is a broken vessel, but he is totally committed to spending his life out on behalf of the Jesus Christ. Amen. Wow. Amen. I mean, it's amazing. So compelled, real <laughs> Christians, remarkable stories. I mean, this is this is this is one of those. I want you to tell our listeners how they can learn more about the podcast, uh, the website, um, where you hope to go in season six, what we might be able to expect. Sure, sure. So if folks want to listen to the rest of John's story, because this is only the first half of his story, <laughs> uh, you can go tune in at compelledpodcast.com. And we're going to release the full episode next Monday. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you can find it. So our website is compelledpodcast.com. You can join our email list so you won't you know, forget to check it out later on. Um, and then we will also, you can find us on your regular podcast apps at Compelled Podcast. If you just search for Compelled, you should find us there. Um, and, yeah, we've got a whole bunch of other really great stories that are lined up. We release episodes every two weeks, and we'll be doing that from now through the end of Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're just really excited. There's some really fantastic, amazing testimonies of Jesus transforming lives, uh, using some of the most unlikeliest people you would have ever imagined. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Paul, can you, can you share with us? And, and I've asked you this before, but it just is an encouragement to me. It's even, even more of an encouragement than the content itself, because the content stands alone as a powerful encouragement from the Lord to, to show that he's still at work in the earth. Like I, I think sometimes, and, and you kind of alluded to this, you know, we've walked with the Lord for a long time and we know that the Lord is real. We know that he intervenes in the affairs of men, but sometimes we can be, I call it kind of just getting very comfortable with the reality that God is. And so we just kind of like, you know, just keep living life like, oh yeah, you know, God exists. But the reality is, is that not only is he transcendent, but he is near to us and he is intervening. And so as you, as you look at that, and the stories stand alone, right? Like they are compelling enough. I'm wondering if you hear from individuals where these there are additional testimonies that arise because of these testimonies that you might like to share. Yeah, yeah. We've gotten uh, incredible feedback from people who have listened to these stories. Um, and one that just comes to my mind right now, we heard from a listener just a few months ago. And she listened to, actually it was the story I told you all at the very beginning about Hannah Overton, who was yeah. falsely accused of murder and sentenced to life in prison. Uh, Hannah obviously had to deal a lot in her heart with forgiveness towards the mm-hmm. people who had falsely accused her. And so there's this beautiful story of forgiveness that she extends. And, and just, you know, Hannah eventually was exonerated and released from prison because the court system realized that they had falsely accused her and sentenced yeah. to life. She was totally innocent. But we heard from this listener of ours who contacted us and just said that that story had shaped her heart because she had been dealing with resentment and unforgiveness towards someone else in her life. And it was very hard, very difficult. But because she was encouraged by Hannah's testimony, she then extended forgiveness to the other individual, and they achieved reconciliation after, I I feel like it was like a decade of being Mm. apart. So it was really beautiful. Yeah. And it's it's incredible. You know, Paul, I just, I want to say to our listeners, 
um, that Paul is our friend. We consider mm-hmm. him a close family friend of ours, and we really respect him and love him, and we appreciate the work that he's doing. Our hope and the reason we continue to premiere Compelled Podcast is because we want to continue to see the kingdom of God advance. We want to continue to see people brought in to the kingdom of God, and we believe that this type of immersive, compelling storytelling yes. uh, is one tool that the Lord is using to do that. Our hope is that our listeners will share this and that the compelled audience will grow, that you will love these stories as much as we do. We're out of time. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.